How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode number 88 of Master My Garden Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Dave Greenman from Greenman Nurseries in County Cork. Uh, Dave was actually recommended to me by Des Dial a few months back as a very, very good nursery person, and I actually have never met Dave. We've spoken on the phone over the last couple of weeks trying to line this up, but we've never met. But I do know that when I was looking, I was talking to Jimmy Blake during our interview last year, he mentioned a plant called Anisodontia el Reo. And it, when I googled it to see where it could be where it could be got, Dave's nursery came up. So uh, that was my uh, my first contact with, with with Dave's nursery last year. So his uh, tagline for the business is weird and unusual, common and underutilized, which is sort of interesting. So there's we, weird and unusual plants, and then there's the common plants, but also the underutilized plants. And I think that's a really interesting one. I've seen there's quite a lot recently. You know, people talking about. Uh, garden trends and the new plants of the year and I think that's a bit the way gardening goes a, a certain type of plant or a certain range of plants comes into vogue and everyone moves with that but then there's some very very good you know more common plants that are getting left behind a little bit and so we'll talk about that a little bit as well and to sort of maybe not go with the trends and and remember some of these kind of reliable plants so dave you're very very welcome to master my garden podcast thanks john I'm glad to be here yeah so uh, as i say we we've only spoken on the phone a couple of times but uh your nursery comes highly recommended uh, so i'm looking forward to see that at some stage and i know your your website has just gone live uh, or your 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 revamped website let's say has just gone live and You've updated, you know, your plants and you have some new plants in there. But your tagline, weird and unusual, common and under, underutilized, is is a really good one. Uh, so tell us a bit about the nursery, I suppose, firstly, and, you know, the, the, not so much the history of it, but how long you're in existence, sort of what you specialize in and what makes Greenman Nurseries, you know, stand out. Uh, so... Well, I'll go back a little bit, about maybe five years ago. Um, it was all, it, it was kind of, you know, when the, the initial seed was, was sown, pun intended, uh, to start a nursery. Um, it was initially, with me, because I'm 20 years a carpenter, it, there was, there's always been a bit of an affinity with wood. Okay. And timber and the like, so it was always kind of trees. Was was always my main thing. You no, know, you you could go to any garden centre. You could find two different types of sorbus if you were lucky. Maybe two different types of oaks, oak if you were lucky. And you know there, there was nothing ever out of the ordinary. Yeah. So um, uh, I kind of, you know, it was it was it was always just a hobby to me for the last what eight nine years. Um, and I, I never really thought about anything. Uh, n- never thought that it would come to where it is now. Um, so yeah, I was kind of growing. Oh, so look, I found ginkgo seeds. I think it was on eBay about seven years ago. Yeah, and without any expectations, they were cheap. I think I spent five or six euros on fifteen, twenty seeds, and they all grew. That's right. Like, this is, you know, this is, this is great fun. Yeah, and so it kind of yeah, it snowballed from there, and then the more I was kind of looking into different trees to grow, the more, you know, passionate, addicted almost I became 
to it. So, um, so yeah, then Green Men Nurseries. Most people actually, Green Men isn't actually my surname. Most people, even friends that I've had for the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years, assume that my surname is Green Man. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I'm actually going to, you know, just stick with it. Most people know me as it, so it's like my um, my alter ego. Yeah. Good way. <laughs> and so yeah, Green Man Nurseries was always the, um, you know, it was a no brainer to call it Green Man Nurseries. Yeah. And but, um, so you're sort of you're centering then, I guess, around based on the fact that you're a carpenter and have a love love of wood so you're centering on sort of trees and woody plants that's what it sounds exactly. like anyway and you're you're starting off with your your ginkgos and so on exactly exactly yeah um so yeah exactly so it was always trees and i was thinking oh look it's, you know we'll grow sell some natives uh or grow as many native trees like you know how bad could that be and yeah. then you know i started you know in fish crates in any little plastic pot, bean cans, whatever, yogurt pot. And I realized, you know, and then when I kind of went to sell, I was realized, oh, you know, how much do they actually sell for? Uh, then I realized that I could like pick up my phone and phone somebody in, you know, I could name six or eight nurseries that I could phone with in Ireland and I could have, you know, 50,000 native trees for, you know, under two euros a piece yeah yeah oh god you know i'm gonna need you know 10 15 20 acres of 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 land to grow just to make a kind of a you know to scrape by a living yeah yeah so i realized oh, look maybe there's more market in um in the other stuff you know the, the lesser grown stuff yeah so go for like weird and unusual exactly exactly so then i i heard of a plant called uh, ginkgo, ginkgo biloba. Yeah. I, I blame ginkgo, you know, genuinely, it's, it's entirely ginkgo's fault for me doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, like, it's just so so much about it. The fact that it's cast as a conifer, though it's not. It's deciduous. It's, clo- it's more closer related to, you know, the common grass in your back garden than it is any, any tree. Yeah, you know they they predate dinosaurs two hundred and forty something million years. I think is the the oldest dated fossil. Um, oh, I could I could go on about ginkgo for hours. The uh, one of my favorite ones about ginkgo is the uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. There was you know mature maturing two three four hundred year old ginkgos within. Uh, a kilometer of both bomb sites, right? And like they got absolutely hammered, blown apart, all their foliage gone, you know, snapped in half at the top, or uh, the top half, half, top half snapped off. Sorry, uh, and now and they're still alive today. Wow! Uh, perfectly happy, perfectly healthy trees, and they're they're almost like a, um, uh, it's almost like a pilgrimage. Those those two trees are that people go to visit them because they were as good as the only thing to survive. So those trees, those trees are how old now, approximately? I, I t- last I remember it was around seventeen forty, seventeen fifty. They were planted something right. along those lines. Yeah, and they're still yeah, literally no. bomb proof. 
And, and but ginkgo, am I right in saying ginkgos are a little bit tricky to grow? Uh, you know, in a in a garden, say you know, in a garden site. In a garden, in a garden, they're they're okay to grow. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're very easy or or, or tricky. They're kind of a once you, once you plant them, not too big, kind of under under wrist thickness, I suppose, at the base. You know, if, if you did want a, a semi mature plant. Uh, you'd be absolutely fine. And what sort? Uh, what sort of conditions are they looking for? Are, are ideal for them? Well, that's the beauty about them. They grow in quite dry soil, uh, or you know, maybe not quite waterlogged, but you know, quite damp soil as well. Okay. They, they're they're fairly good. The one the one main thing is once they get enough light, they're not in too much shade, and sea salt is about their big. Uh, their 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 two detriments. Okay, so they don't they don't like being near the sea at all. Not too near. Yeah, too yeah. Near. Right. I for some reason I had to, you know, I, I thought that they were a really difficult tree to grow. So no, I, I, I I'm not too sure where that that came about because like I of the however many plant fairs I've done now, you know, you'd have you'd be chatting to a few hundred people a day. Said, oh yeah. wow, you've got ginkgo. Yeah, like, and I never understood the. Um, you know where it came from that they're difficult. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It was just something I had. It, I had in my head. It might be no, no reason for it. Just something, something that I thought. So you're yeah, saying yeah. the 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 best way for success is not to sow them too big. So unlike yeah. other trees where you might try and go quite quite big and quite established, quite mature, you're gonna mm. you're gonna try and start with a smaller ginkgo, uh, exactly. put it into exactly. most reasonable soils, and that'll give it a good chance. Yeah, good. Exactly. Uh, so, what other sort of trees then have caught your eye that are unusual, maybe, or or weird, as you, as the as the tagline on your website says? <laughs> uh, a weird. I'll give you a weird one. A weird one, I'd say, would be metasequoia. Oh yeah, metasequoia dryptostroboides, which is the uh, dawn redwood. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, Oh, absolutely stunning! There's a there's a one of my favourite ones in the world is I couldn't believe I was I used to live near Bantry up until two two and a half years ago, and I took a long term one day between yeah. Dunmanway and uh, Kalekill, absolute valley go backwards, you know, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and I was I said, oh god, I'm kind of you know totally lost. I put in the the air code of of where I was living. And uh, so, oh, so that's right, left, right, left, right, whatever. And I was stopped. Uh, I saw that I was kind of, uh, there was like a church coming up to me, I saw on the um, on the phone. Yeah. And uh, I was all just slow down here now because it was around tea time on a Sunday. And there was a couple of cars ahead of me. But in this tiny, it was maybe a three three meter square like a little roundabout. It was a three-way road, I suppose you could say. And yeah. right in the middle of it was a 20-metre-tall metasequoia. Wow. And I said, what the bloody hell is that doing there? Yeah. Like, metasequoia, when you think of them, you think, oh, grand, you know. Yeah, national parks. And... Exactly, yeah. And, but, and even that, the oldest ones were only planted in the, in the 40s. I think it was 1946 or 48. Um and this huge, absolutely huge metasequoia, it must have been not far off, 40 odd years old, 
20 meters tall. Wow. And I was like, what the hell is it doing there? But the, the I actually found out uh, only a matter of months ago where that came from, which was through Mike Collard at Future Forest. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was, he reckons he was among the first in Ireland to kind of have it in, in cultivation in the early 80s. Yeah. And uh, it being only a couple of miles from his house, maybe maybe half hour drive, 40 minute drive. Uh, he assumes, he's not 100%, he said, he assumes that it, it would have come through him. Yeah, surely it would have had to because yeah. at that stage, 40, whatever, 40 odd years ago, there wouldn't have been, there would have been very few of them in the country. Oh, uh, they, they would have been impossible to come by. Yeah, yeah. so somebody the knew what they were doing when they planted that, like somebody knew their... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But they, a lovely thing about them is the fact that they're, you know, when you see a conifer, when you think of a conifer, I should say, you think, you know, big, evergreen, daunting tree. Whereas metasequoias are one of, I think it's five uh, deciduous conifers. So the fact that it's, it bears cones. Yeah. It's a, a monocot. So it's, it's closer related to a grass yeah. than a tree. Or than a than an oak, we'll say, uh, and the fact that it loses its leaves is a very unusual one. It's very, uh, you know, as as the name suggests, meta sequoia, literally translates as ancient sequoia. Yeah. Um, and the sequoias being the California redwoods, which are evergreen as well, and and then the giant redwoods, evergreen. Uh, this along with larch, Glyptostrobus. Larch, Glyptostrobus, meta sequoia. Oh, there's two. I knew, I knew I wouldn't be able to remember them. Oh, Pseudolaryx is another one. And there's, there's one fifth one that I keep forgetting the name of. But yeah, one of five deciduous conifers. Yeah, well, I, I planted one here to mm. f- 15 years ago. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, not so brilliant when I tell you what happened to it. So, I'll go away. <laughs> uh, so I planted it uh, because I knew it was going to be relatively big, I planted a little bit away from the house, but it turns out I built the the dog run sort of around it. <laughs> and oh, no. I got uh, I got two golden retrievers and they were, well, they were pups when I got them, but uh, one of them was very, very fond of chewing stuff. And I did put blocks around the base sort of to protect that he wouldn't be digging. And it was... Uh, a bit of a pipe up along it just until it got established but mm. uh, one day he got at it and basically chewed all around the base of it so I came home oh, it, was no. on the, it was on the ground and uh, <laughs> not like the ginkgo this one was definitely not coming back it was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah I haven't tried yeah. since but I know they're, they're, they're great and they're, it's the kind of thing like obviously it, it being a huge it will grow into a monumental tree you know it's huge you know 80 90 yeah. foot tall eventually you know give it 100 or so years so it's not quite for a small garden but you know once you've got kind of 15 20 meters around it uh yeah that's what i had i had it had it right back away because i i was kind of you know thinking long term that this was mm. what was going to happen but anyway that's the it. dog had other that's ideas good. on that that's the same <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got I've got plenty of them growing on there now. Actually, I've got there's a good Jesus, there's a good 60, 70 of them there ready to ready to go soon enough. Very good. Yeah. Um, so keeping along the tree line, then you also mentioned some other sort of things that you're you're growing quite a few of. So you've mentioned eucalyptus and 
Acia, mm. Magnolia is a particular type of Magnolia. Mm. So tell us, tell us about those. E- eucalyptus first, eucalyptus. Um, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, eucalyptus is a funny one. People either absolutely detest them or <laughs> are madly in love with them. Yeah, you know, it's 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 that's absolute marmite. This is uh, no insane. It's the same with a lot of things, but eucalyptus in particular, uh, I've noticed people say, "Oh, I hate that. Oh, I don't like them," and oh, they're very damaging. Um, they're, you know, if it, it's the case of right plant, right place. There's yeah, there's, exactly, there's yeah. eucalyptus that won't grow more than twenty five, thirty feet tall. Um, whose name I can't think of now off the top of my head. Uh, whereas you know, in eucalyptus, you'll be looking at. 280, 300 feet tall, 100 meters tall after five, six, seven hundred years, however old they grow. But uh, with eucalyptus in particular, it's just a case of maintenance. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the the juvenile foliage of, on, on eucalyptus, like eucalyptus gunii, which is, which is by far the most popular one. Why? I'm not too sure, but it's it's, yeah, the foliage, the foliage is class on it, and exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it, it, there's a weird one of my favorite ones, two of my favorite ones actually, and I've got I, I think I have both of them actually at the moment is Eucalyptus periniana, uh, which is the spinning gum, okay. and you've got kind of maybe two and a half inch round discs. I suppose is the best way to 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 describe the leaves. Um, and on a stem, so it's like it, it. It doesn't look real. It looks otherworldly. So it's a, it's a circular leaf. A circular leaf that that in, in, encompasses the branch. Well, wow. or the stem, or the, the stem, I should say. Um, and then as as the leaves get older and they just you know they break off the round leaves, they, well, they spin on the stem. Hence the name yeah, I've never seen I've never seen that one before. Now that's that's mm. that's an interesting. What you say that one was called? Uh, Periniana. Periniana. Eucalyptus periniana, yeah. And eucalyptus, they, they, you, you said it there to start, they, they kind of do, people perceive that they can get out of hand very easily, and they can because they're, they're quick grown, but they're very, very easy to keep, to keep cut, and then they'll, then they'll behave themselves very well. Exactly, exactly. And it's a case of, like, most of my plants, I, I say, well, I, I grow as, as, as many attempts as I can, but keeping them smaller means I'm not uh, means that it costs less and it's easier to post them and to to bring them to plant fairs and uh, yeah. farmers markets in the van. So the, you know, mo- most of my eucalyptus now are maybe a foot foot and a half tall. You you also mentioned acias then, so beautiful tree as well. Can be a little bit tricky, I think, can't it? Acacias can be um, full sun. For as good as all acacias, they're uh, they're southern hemis. Well, the ones that we grow here would be all southern hemisphere. Maybe mostly Australian, some New Zealand, maybe the tip of, of South Africa, and an odd couple. Uh, so they're all, you know, they're from the antipodes, as they say, the absolute yeah. opposite side of the planet. Yeah. Um, That's a new word. You, you you told me about that before we started recording. It's yeah. a new word for me. <laughs> It's a word, yeah. It's a word I only learned recently as well. An antipodian. <laughs> it makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, acacias. They're, you know, you, a lot of people are kind of. It's 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 
preconceived, pre, uh, perceived, I should say, that they're very delicate. Or, you know, they wouldn't survive our winters. Or the, you know, the the cold and the wet and yeah. the wind. Most of the cases are Harvey to kind of minus six, minus eight. Oh, the the ones you know, cases that are available here, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, there, there's one one of my favorite ones, Acacia melanoxylon. Uh, literally, the melanoxylon literally translates as black wood or dark wood. And, and sure enough, it is. I've got a chopping board in the kitchen, actually, uh, of that acacia. It's lovely, lovely, dark, uh, very figurative timber. But they're evergreen, lovely foliage, gorgeous. Uh, it's, Soft, leathery foliage, maybe four or five inches long. Yeah. And the fact that what, what I really love about acacias is, uh, is the foliage, uh, sorry, the flower. Like, it, you know, it's Ireland, it's cold, you know, January, February, March, cold, damp, windy, miserable weather. Yeah. And you've got these acacias in full bloom, like absolutely lighting up the place. Beautiful uh, yellow flowers, uh, but what what people always forget is they're very important for insects. For a- not, air- not much else, early you know, pollinators, yeah. The flowering, exactly, yeah. Not much else the flowering around then. Yeah. So they're so they're starting they, to flower they, when January, February. Generally, generally late January. Yeah. Sometimes as late as you know Paddy's Day, maybe even a little bit later as well. I've never, I've never uh, seen one in a garden, but I'd imagine that, that at, at that time of the year, one that's flowering, you know, in mm. end of January, February, March, when there's very little else going on, that that would be class to have something like that in your garden at that time of the year. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it definitely it, would, because everything else looks, as you said, everything else looks so dreary at that stage to have dreary. something like that. That's it. I, you know, acacias are such an important one. And, and of course, eucalyptus as well at the same time of the year. Um them being ever evergreen and generally kind of a bluey grayish foliage yeah they just absolutely stand out stunningly yeah definitely at that time of the year they, they mm. look they look brilliant yeah and especially if yeah. you're growing if you're growing grasses and things like that where you have the the sort of the brown tones from the grasses at that stage exactly. it looks very well with it yeah absolutely you mentioned magnolia uh, then as well so a Magnolias you're growing quite a few of, but there was one particularly Star Wars, which again I'm not familiar with. But maybe you could tell us a bit about that one. Star Wars, yeah. in saying magnolias, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm learning them. You know, there's such a huge, huge, diverse uh, genus. So many cultivars available as well, ranging yeah. from, uh, you know, the, you know, dare I say it, bog standard, common. <laughs> <laughs> Magnolia grandiflora's with the with huge white white flowers, um, you know, to the uh, what's it called the Magnolia um, stellata, which is becoming quite quite common, um, in a lot of gardens with the, the lovely. I think it's seven, is it seven or eight petals? That's right. Yeah, uh, I have I have yeah. a relatively new one here myself. It's grown mm. very well. Isn't flowering mm. brilliantly, but. Now I did have flour on it, but just not a lot of flour. So, mm. um, but it is growing very well. So I'm so far I'm happy enough. Really good. But uh, Star Wars is a, is it new enough cultivar? I think it's only on the market for about maybe ten or twelve years. Okay. Something along those lines. And what color um, flower is it? La- large pink. It's a, but it's a, it's not a 
kind of a Barbie girl, gaudy pink. <laughs> just a, you know, <laughs> it's a good pink, if there is such a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, and it flowers up uh, quite prolifically as well on new wood. So you, a lot of magnolias might have 10 or 12 or 15 flowers on a five or six year old tree. With Star Wars, you're, you're looking at 15 or 20. Or, sorry, you're looking at 100 or 120, I should say, uh, yeah. flowers. So, yeah, much, really yeah, that'd be a lot more because, yeah, I even see the, mm. the stilette I have, it, it it was like that, maybe 15, maximum 15 flowers on it. Mm. Yeah. So. Give, it good, give it a good feed, a high, high, high K feed, NPK, phosphorus, high yeah. phosphorus feed. The seaweed feed is very good. Yeah, it, it actually that did get seaweed and it got poultry manure early in the year there, yeah, so I might need to do it again coming into the winter. Yeah. Um. Then the one that I originally came across you when I was checking was Anacindantia en Rio, and that was the one that Jimmy Blake said in his interview that had been flowering in Huntingbrook for three years nonstop. So mm. for the full year, three years in a row, which was incredible. Yeah. How and, and not a single day without a flower. And is that is that how you're finding it with you? Because I know Jimmy is able to do some quite unusual things up there with plants and able to get things to grow that you might necessarily expect but uh, uh, it's Jimmy uh, I, I done Jimmy's plant uh, plant uh, plant person's course uh, to I think it's September 18 sorry September 17 until yeah. May 18 is what it was and uh, that's where I was introduced to Anna Sadanke El Rio as well you know it's, it's all Jimmy's fault <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I, he gave. I think he gave me two cuttings off of it in the. I thought it was in September. As I think about it, and grew them. They. I thought oh, after killing them, they were quite tiny. They were maybe ten or twelve inches tall by by Christmas. Yeah. And um, didn't think much of them. Forgotten about them and completely forgot what they were until February. When they started flowering, I thought, geez, that's, that's very early flowering. Right. And sure enough, from February uh, 2018 until November 19, uh, those two cuttings kept flowering. Wow. And what what size yeah. pot were they in at this stage? They were, uh, I think they were probably in a five, maybe a four or five litre yeah. pot at the time. And now, Actually, I still have one of those two cuttings left. I may or may not have killed the one of them. <laughs> uh, I have one of them. It's still about it's about seven foot tall now. And so you're using that uh, for cuttings now yourself? They're my cuttings now, exactly. Wow. I know I had them on the website last year. I didn't have any this year because I just I absolutely sold out by June, I think it was last yeah. year. Um, and I wasn't able to, I didn't manage to overwinter any. And so the one that you have in the ground now, are you fine? Well, of course, you're taking cuttings off it, so you're probably not getting as much flower, would you? No, it's still flowering. Is still it? Flowering. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, as I, well, it's just getting dark now, but as, when I was only looking at it there about an hour ago, and there was maybe 30, 40 flowers on it still, and another twice that amount to come as well. Yeah, and to describe it to people, like yeah. it, it, it for all the world looks looks like a mallow for all the world. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, Do you know, it, it it looks like you know, this time of the year, it 
you know, it's nice. It's nice in the summer. Nothing amazing. It's just a bog standard mallow. You know, to, you know, if you didn't know what you were looking at, oh, yeah. that's the mallow for sure. Lovely pink flowers. But when it becomes really, really important, I see flower, hoverflies around my one uh, in and around Christmas Day. Wow. Uh, uh, not last year, the year before, 2019. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's the kind of the important time is, you know, November to March. Yeah, the fact that you're the fact that you're getting that flower well over a long period is is amazing anyway. But the fact that it's there when so little else is in flower, exactly. Yeah. Again, yeah. I guess that kind of would fall under the mm. what the other headline that you have on your website is the the common and underutilized. Like surely, exactly. a plant that's capable of flowering for three years nonstop is yeah, and Absolutely. that that is relatively unknown <laughs> is an underutilized plant. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, because um, to be honest, I hadn't come across it previously. Um, mm. But as I say, something that can flower for three years is pretty incredible. And you would imagine Absolutely. that it would or should be in a lot of gardens. Mm. It was, a, I don't know, was it, um, was it Helen Dillon? I can't remember. There was somebody else that had, had uh, six years with it, with of of constant flowering, maybe a little bit, you know, with a cold snap in January, February. Yeah. For a couple of weeks that there was no flowers, or I might have lost a little bit of foliage. But yeah, it was it was almost six straight years. Wow. Of constant constant flowering. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one I'm going to have to get to 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 try it and see how it how it performs mm. and how it looks. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll I'll set one aside. I, I'm actually not in saying that I shouldn't be plugging it too much because I think I've only got about five or six of them left at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other kind of sort of common and underutilized? And, and again, just to sort of circle back on that, I suppose, like there is a lot of, you know, garden trends every, every year. There's hundreds upon hundreds of new varieties of every sort of plant. And, and sometimes, you know, a good, reliable easy to grow good performing plant gets kind of left behind in a you know in a in a trend i guess so what other sort of underutilized plants would would you see our oh, arbutus arbutus is uh one of the lesser known natives uh it's uh, what's the word i'm looking for it's one of the lusitanian plants so it okay. only grows in the kind of the southwest in and around killarney in particular Southwest of Ireland mm-hmm. and North Portugal. Uh, so, uh, so it goes, or so they say. There was a land bridge connecting Ireland to the Iberian Peninsula, and okay. the Arbutus seed made its way over, however many thousands or millions of years. Um, in erosion, the the land bridge washed away, or whatever happened to it, and it left this little pocket. Of Arbutus in in Kerry, West Cork, Kerry. Right. So there's quite you know, and there's not a huge amount left of you know truly wild native ones. Uh, now they do need a lime-free soil, which is a big thing. I know that there's a lot. There's uh, oil, as you mentioned. He's on he's on limey soil, isn't he? In yeah, Kilkenny, yeah, in, Kilke- in Kilkenny, yeah. Uh, so he's yeah he's always giving out oh everyone can go a road event and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then sort of 
even one or two other of those underutilized plants are, are sort of ones that that you feel are might may be getting left behind a little bit. One of my favorite ones. It was one of these absolute, you know, mind blowing eureka moments when I discovered the genus Xanthoxylum. Uh, in particular, Xanthoxylum simulans, which is a Sichuan pepper. So from from China. Yeah. Uh, to look at it for you know for the it's a deciduous deciduous shrub maybe it might reach eight or ten foot tall quite a prickly plant okay uh, good you know inch and a half long fairly vicious looking spikes uh, but if you've ever used pepper when you were cooking your dinner just black, black peppercorns with the with the crackly yeah. it you know that's what this plant produces. Wow. And they're fu- absolutely fully hardy, beautiful, kind of pinkish. It, it, it's difficult to even describe the uh, the color of the flowers. It's, lovely. it's almost a pastel colored, orangey, pinky kind of a color. Okay. Uh, and the seeds inside, it, it smells awful. It smells really strong, really strong peppery. Um, but yeah, just you lay out the seeds and yeah, to to dry out for a few days, stick them into a pepper mill and grow it. But the most fantastic thing, I, I love, I really, really love prickly plants. Well, and, and what you say that name vicious, was again? Vicious looking things. So it's Xanthoxylum. I'll, I'll, I'll spell it. It's Z-A-N-T-H-O-X-Y-L-U-M. Xanthoxylum simulans. Well, because I'd never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting one as well another one I love uh, I love about it another thing I love about it I should say is like it's it's fully hardy it'll take it's, it's from central China or various areas in China so it'll take minus 20 which we'll you know we might see once in a millennia yeah. here but it's it's autumn colour and it literally I've only seen a couple of them you know at, at, a, at a good height I keep missing them in, you know in that time of the year in, in the few places that I know where they are but it literally looks like the bushes on fire. Wow! It's that absolutely jaw-dropping orange, red, yeah. you know, foliage. It's absolutely stunning. I'll have to look that one up. I've n- I'd yeah. never, never even heard of that one. Mm. So that's going to be an interesting one to to check out. I know mm. you're after getting a little bit of a passion or obsession or whatever you want to call it on aeoniums and succulents recently. Oh. Yeah. God, so many. <laughs> well, it's no, I, I blame I blame two things on that actually: uh, COVID and Brexit. <laughs> you know, every everybody's favorite topics these yeah. days. So uh, uh, late last year, I think just just after we moved house in October. Um, so I already had maybe oh god, maybe fifty or 18 different types of you know, succulents, you know, sedums, sempervivums, echeverias, a few aeoliums. And then uh, I was bored one night <laughs> doing a little bit of online shopping. <laughs> uh, you know, I, with an- anticipating the spring just gone as well, yeah. you know. And uh, I found a fantastic French website whose name I can't think of off the top of my head now. And they had something like 140 different types of sedum. Of, of sorry of succulents and alpines in general. So I goes, oh wow! So I I'd say it must have been it was probably four o'clock. 
half four by the time I got to sleep <laughs> that night. And was this was this and a seed I, uh, website or a young plant website? Uh, uh, young young plant. plants. Well, young plant. And because you know nobody's buying from the UK at the yeah. moment. <clears throat> And uh, so France and Belgium. Belgium is actually surprisingly good as well. And Germ- France, Belgium, Germany, Holland. Um, but this 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 nursery, they had oh, oh, countless, absolutely countless seasons and substance. And then I was, I was yeah, googling and admiring the pictures, reading up on them. And then uh, I found myself on eBay, and I bought I think it was like seven, six or seven different seasons. Uh, books, you know, various ones, RHS, and there's ones that were specifically sedums and specifically sempervivums. But they were, I think I kind of was, they, they were among the first plants that I ever bought, whatever, eight, nine years ago. And purely because they just look so bonkers. Yeah. They, like, they literally look like they're from, you could say, oh, that's a native to Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> Jupiter, you know, and you say, "Oh yeah, no, that definitely looks like it comes from there." Yeah. And I don't grow any, but they, oh, yeah. but they're very easy to grow generally, aren't they? So, oh, absolutely. The, the main thing, and now it's it's the it's, it's the best thing about Ireland, and it's also the worst thing about Ireland. The best thing is that we get plenty of rain in the summer. The worst thing is that we get too much rain in the winter, yeah. and that's it's it's too it's the winter rain. Uh, uh, sorry, it's the, the cold, cold, wet, I suppose, combined with the damp. You know, like you're, you're touching, you know, minus minus temperatures. Well, in Costadale, West Cork, anyway, where we just touch minus temperatures barely. But uh, yeah, nine times out of ten, that's that's the killer for something. Okay, it's the cold and the wet. You know, and and the persistent cold wet as well. Because we could have, we could have a month where it would barely get above four degrees, five degrees. You know. And are you are you getting these ready for sale or is it just purely a, a collection for yourself that you're building up oh, oh all my plants are just a collection for myself yeah. it's just i'm i'm 99 of the time i'm reluctant to sell them because <laughs> that means i won't have them anymore i do i do lo- love my plants as much you know it's it, it's it's uh you get you can't have too much of a good thing as well you know it, it can be a little bit of a love-hate relationship at some sometimes you yeah know? yeah but um, no, all these seedums. I'm hoping to have. I lost count actually. Uh, I was I was only counting up a few days ago. I think it's forty. It's either thir- thirty-eight or forty that I'm hoping to have available come uh, March. Excellent. So it's uh, it's it's going to be a, a fun one. And co- what I love about them as well, having the website, greenmannerseries.ie. Yeah. Uh, they're so easy to post. Yeah, because they're yeah they're small and, and packed, they're small know, and they're small. there's not not big foliage on them or whatever. Yes, they're e- easy to manage from that point exactly. of view. Exactly. Mm, I just ra- I, I, and I've I got various size boxes ranging from you know half the size of a shoe box for you know you might get four plants yeah. into it up to kind of uh, something that you'd fit you know a small telly into yeah, it, yeah. a small TV into. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they're. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Uh, that's going to be a fun one now in the spring. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. them. You're, you're, uh, you have updated your website recently, and I know you, you you have added some new plants. And I know you were you were talking about getting your your stock and everything correct on it now. Um, yeah. So you've you've mentioned there it's greenmannurseries.ie. Yeah. And people will find your find wherever your social channels and so on there as well. 
That's it. Yeah, I, I'm most active on Insta, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm Green Man Nurseries on on both of them. I'm Green Man Nurseries everywhere. Uh, there's one. There's, there's one final plant fair of the year, I think, isn't there? Yeah. So sun. It'll it's, it'll be this coming Sunday, the twelfth, uh, in Forta. Yeah. Now Forta is my absolute favorite place in the entire planet. Um, I'm from Cove. I'm, li- I'm living near Clannacilty, Ballinascarty. No, but I'm I'm born and raised in Cove. And Bota oh. has been uh, my, you know, I know that arboretum inside out and back to front. I've been going there since I was knee high to a grasshopper, you know. Yeah. I absolutely love the place. So the, the Fota plant fair is always quite a, to me anyway, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's it being my local one. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it feel a bit a bit uh, special for you, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, being very, very close it's, to like Cove and so on. my garden. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that'll be the last one of the year, I think, isn't it? That, uh, more likely be the last. Another, the, there's been talks is due to the restrictions the last, you know, year and a half. Um, so much was was lost and and put off. So uh, there has been talks of possibly a few in October. Keep an eye on Instagram and Facebook, and also the Irish Specialist Nurseries Association. Instagram and yeah. Facebook as well. Uh, you'll, press, you'll find all the all the info there. Yeah, well, it's great. It, it, it's great actually to see those plant fairs back back. But for somebody, you know, for gardeners who maybe haven't been before, mm. it is what you're going to find there is exactly what your website says. Mm. You'll have the the weird and unusual, common and underutilized. So you'll have the you know the the less mainstream plants. Um, you know, so you might find something a bit unusual or something that won't be in every other garden in the vicinity. So it can be, it could be, you know, those fairs are really good to go to from that perspective. Even just for ideas to kind of, you know, to realize that, oh my God, banana plants will grow here. Do you know? No, fair enough. You have to dig them up in October, November, bring them into a shed or a garage and wait until March, April to bring them out again. Or, yeah, April, May. Yeah. But still, still grow perfectly happy. Dave, it, it, it's been a great chat. Uh, really interesting. Uh, some really interesting stories there. And I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting down to see you at some stage. And uh, definitely for people, they should check out your website. It's greenmannurseries.ie and the plant fair, the last plant fair, or possibly the last plant fair of the summer coming up this Sunday, the 12th of September in Fota. That's it. Thanks a million, John. So, Dave, thank you very much for coming on Master My Garden podcast. Thanks. We'll chat to you again. So that's been this week's episode. A really interesting chat. Uh, as I said, uh, lots of weird and unusual plants there and and some not so unusual but ones that are underutilized you know they're ones that kind of get forgotten or left behind or people have misconceptions about them like the like the ginkgo for example um anisodontia the fact that it flowers for that length of time uh three plus years when established like it's and and i hadn't heard of it previously it's it's weird really that that many of us are not growing those in our garden so yeah it's 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 great to, to chat to dave great to hear about the, all those different types of plants and uh definitely be checking some of that out some of them out from my own garden if you're enjoying the podcast please share it with all your garden friends and you can find me on social channels instagram and facebook at master my garden and uh, that's been this week's episode thanks for listening and until the next time 
Happy Gardening. Mm-hmm.